Hello, I'm Anne. Thanks for joining me. And um, I was going to say Happy Easter, but today being Good Friday, we um, don't remember a particularly happy event. But yes, Easter is upon us. I know that um, people spend Easter in many different ways. Going to the shack, although this year, of course, that's um, not possible. Um, getting together with friends and family, though that's now a bit limited. Even going out on your boat has its limitations, if you've got a boat. Um, but we can still wait for the Easter Bunny to come on Sunday. We can eat chocolate without feeling guilty. And I know that for some of you, you're able to add an extra day or two to the long weekend and um, take a longer break, maybe to work on some things around the house or um, to just simply relax and take it easy. In previous years, you may have gone traveling. As a break from work, it's welcomed by many, but Easter can be a very lonely time for those who um, live alone or have lost somebody they love and who miss and who can't be with them. For many, there is no spiritual significance to Easter, but for Christians, it is a special time to remember Jesus Christ dying on the cross and, excuse me, to celebrate an amazing, hard to believe, incredible story of suffering love and resurrection life that overcomes destructive evil and the awful finality of death. Matt, in his sermons, has um, often reminded me that a person's default is usually to maximise pleasure and minimise or avoid pain. And um, yet Good Friday is all about remembering pain and suffering. I don't know about you, but the Easter story is a very familiar one for me. I've heard it since I was a child and I find it easy to take it for granted and to overlook, to just gloss over those uglier parts that describe the enormity of Christ's pain and suffering. I instead like to jump to Resurrection Sunday and celebrating new life. Much nicer. Some years ago, I watched Mel Gibson's movie, The Passion. It was raw and graphic and powerful. I found it hard to watch as a no-holds-barred portrayal of what happened to Jesus. I found the violence and cruelty to which he was subjected so horrific. As long as I watched, I couldn't hide from the horror and or ignore it because here was a human being beaten and whipped continually, 
long, sharp thorns plaited into a crown and rammed into his head, tearing his skin and exposing sensitive nerves. He was made to shoulder a rough, heavy and splintered wooden cross and when he was already near the end of his endurance. And he was stretched out on that cross with nails hammered through hands and feet to keep him there. I wanted to stop watching that movie, but I sat through it. It made me realise that when Jesus bled, he bled from every part of his body. Not one bit of him was spared from wounding and his skin broken open. Although we have our own DVD of the movie, having watched it once, my maximise pleasure, max minimise pain response kicks in and um, I admit that I've never watched it again. Last year, I read a book called Revelations of Divine Love by Julian of Norwich. In it, she describes a series of visions or revelations that she experienced when she was gravely ill. In her eighth revelation, she saw something of Christ's passion near the time of his dying. She describes it in graphic detail, not sparing herself or the reader from the pain he suffered and endured. Like me, you may struggle to hear a little of what I'm going to read, and it is only a part of her description. It was a sorry business, she said, to see him change as he progressively died. His dear body became black and brown as it dried up in death. It was no longer its own fair and living colour. The pain, sharp and bitter, lasted a very long time and I could see it painfully drying up the natural vitality of his flesh. That blessed flesh, flesh and frame was drained of all blood and moisture. Because of the pull of the nails and the weight of that blessed body, it was a long time suffering. She goes on to describe every gruesome thing she saw, saying that the sight caused her dreadful and great grief. This showing of Christ's pain filled her with pain. Later in the vision, she admitted to Jesus that of all the pains that lead to salvation, this is the greatest, to see your love suffer. The story doesn't end there, but I'm not going to go through that part today. My parting words, however, are from Julian of Norwich. Though the dear humanity of Christ could only suffer once, his goodness would always make him willing to do so, every day if need be. But for love of me to be willing to die times without number, beyond human capacity to compute, is to my mind 
the greatest gesture our Lord God could make to the soul of man. This is his meaning. How could I not, out of love for you, do all I can for you? This would not be difficult, since for love of you, I am ready to die often, regardless of the suffering. She concludes that his suffering was a noble and worthy deed worked out by love in time. And his love has no beginning, but is now and ever shall be. Amen. Mm -hmm.